I love you. Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the Faceless Leon. <laughs> this is Green and Faceless. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> I'm not sure either, but it was good. And this is Green and Faceless on the Couch. Green. <laughs> it's a podcast about movies and TV. Hell yeah. Today, it's about TV. Nope, it's about movies. It's about movies. <laughs> it's, it's about a Knives smash. Out. Yeah, it's a sequel smash. It's exciting. It's uh, the, the great mystery thrillers from Ryan Johnson. But before we can talk those, uh, before we can talk Knives Out and Glass Onion, uh, mm. we have to talk what kept Ryan Johnson from doing Knives Out. Because he had this idea way back in like 2005. Oh, really? And... Uh, yeah, he, he Ryan Johnson's had a he has, he's got a the filmography I know is very short. There might be more out there, but there's Brick, which is mm-hmm. a uh, pretty fun little uh, I think it's a, like an almost neo noirish uh, mystery starring Joseph Gordon Levitt. I believe that's what I thought. Yeah, I, I don't remember much about it. I watched it when I was young, but I remember it was interesting enough. That it hooked me on Ryan Johnson. That I was like, I want to know what else this guy does. And then we watched this movie together called The Brothers Bloom. Oh yeah, which I love was that movie. Fascinating. Yeah. We loved it. Yeah, we were we were both like, this is great. It had us hooked. I bought that. I bought that movie at Blockbuster when I was in high school. So there's this oh Blockbuster God. that was going. Yeah, obviously, slowly going out of business, <laughs> and it was. Near where my brother had this tutoring session, and I would drive him, and then I would. There was nothing else to do but go to this blockbuster. I swear. So I, I spent small quite a lot of money at this blockbuster buying old, old rentable I, DVDs. Yeah, I did that too. With uh, I think I bought almost all of Lost, the TV show Lost, at a Blockbuster. Yeah. Or at some some movie rental that was going out of business. I don't think it was a Blockbuster, actually. I think it might have been a family video that was going out of business in my town. Nice. I think I did that with yeah. the Stargate season, and then my mom was like, hey, I really like this show, too. I'm going to get you all the box sets. <laughs> yeah. I got, the guy, I got the guy very mad because uh, I had him in a logical statement. Their sign, their for sale yeah. sign and everything. It had something about, I don't remember the exact wording of it, but it, it was basically like per DVD was supposed mm. to be $2. Like each one was going to be $2. Right. But I brought him, and, they, and you know, back in the day, they didn't sell a full season on one. You, right. know, you had to buy the individual yeah. disc from the Blockbuster or the movie rental area. And I brought him the whole season and everything. He's like, all right, that's $20. I'm like, no, it's $2. And he's like, no, it's it's twenty dollars. And I explained the wording of his sign and how it was confusing. Yeah. And I just kept prattling on and on until he's like, "Dude, I don't even fucking care. You can have it for two dollars." Like, I'm, like <laughs> this place is gonna like, close in three months. I don't. I don't he's care. like, "I'm not the owner. I'm just gonna lose my job in two weeks." Like, I, I literally just got to the point where I just like talked him down, and he's like, "Fuck it, dude. Like, just take it." Like, I'm pretty who's sure gonna care? that my Harry Potter DVD collection the. Oh, There's nice. one that stands out 
<laughs> the Half Blood Prince. It's it's from Blockbuster. <laughs> nice, yeah. yeah, that's lost for me. Is like you see season one and like three through six are great, and then season two is just a bunch of individual discs. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, Brothers Bloom, um, wonderful movie. Subverted expectations. That's what Ryan Johnson started to become known for was subverting expectations. It's got the Ruffalo Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot that was Mark Ruffalo and, and yeah. Andrew Brody. Who else was? Oh, Brody Adrian Brody. That's Bloom. right. And I think yeah, was it Rachel Weiss? No, it might have been. Might have been. <laughs> that sounds right. I know. I <clears throat> I know Adrian. You're right about Adrian Brody because I was like I I could picture them, but I couldn't remember who. I was just like long nose and skinny face. I can't remember though. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brothers Bloom was interesting. Definitely solidified Ryan Johnson as a name I wanted to check out. Because, like, he hadn't, like, he hadn't, like, super impressed me. I wasn't, like, in love with his films. But I did really enjoy how he told stories. And then Looper came out. And everybody loved Looper. Bruce I, Willis, J- Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Crazy time travel. People were blown away. I'm very particular when it comes to time travel. Doctor yeah. Who can get around a lot of my nitpicks because I just love Doctor Who. It's, it's, it's a niche Who. thing. Yeah, I'm, it's worked into my blood. I'm going to give it every excuse I possibly can. But when it comes to other things, if you're going to do time travel, I want it to make sense according to my rules because it only that's the only way it can make sense. And in Looper, there's this guy who, you know, it's it's like they send assassins back from the future to kill them, like kill people in the past kind of a thing. Right. And or, or vice versa, something like that. But this guy comes from the future. He's in the past. And he, he, he's running away from the bad guys in the past. Right. And so the bad guys capt- capture his past self and cut off his feet. And the future guy, his feet disappear. And he was driving a car, so then he crashes and everything. Uh-huh. So it's not good. That bothers me. Because if you cut the guy's feet off in the past, if you cut past version of him off, uh-huh. future version would either cease to exist... Because he's had feet for his whole life. Uh-huh. So you're either opening up an alternate universe or you're canceling a universe. Either way, this guy's feet wouldn't disappear. He would either <laughs> no longer be there or he'd be okay. But and it what bothered if, me. What if he magically had prosthetic feet? Because then he's had uh, lived his whole life without feet. That would work. That would work. But his <laughs> then the prosthetic feet wouldn't disappear from his uh, exactly. From the gas That's pedal. what I was saying. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Like they they just transform his feet into prosthetic feet because he's had right. no feet for his entire life. So he's exactly he's that would have been fine. Them. Yeah, that would have been fine. I would have been okay with it. That would have been like a crazy like oh my god they cut to his feet and they're just prosthetics. It's like yeah. But like that would have been that'd been fun. I would have been totally on board. But I nitpicked that so hard that this entire movie I just don't remember. I only remember that I hated that time stuff. So I need to give it another shot. That's the thing sure. because Ryan Johnson has continued to prove that I love his stories as long as they're his stories. Because the thing that kept him from doing Knives Out and Glass Onion is this huge thing oh, called Star Wars Episode Eight: right. The Last Jedi. Here's the thing: I like The Last Jedi I do to too. an extent, to an extent, because like it's fine. It has some really beautiful moments. Like there are some great scenes that I love, like Luke Skywalker projecting himself across the galaxy. 
fucking awesome. Like, that's amazing. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff in it. And then there's the stupid animal stuff with Finn and Rose, and they're just, like, trying to save the animals <laughs> on some random planet for no fucking deal. There's the whole cat and mouse chase scene across the galaxy of two ships that are just slowly trailing each other, and it's boring as fuck all. Like, there's a lot of dumb as well is the problem. And it's it's because he was handed somebody else's project, and he was like, yeah. okay, no. J.J. should have just... Uh, yeah, I J.J. Mean, really should have just kept going. But yeah, like, I understand that he wanted to be more involved with his family at the time, and that's cool. We could have... I mean, Disney obviously wasn't going to wait, but yeah. we could have. We could have waited to see what We could have waited. Yeah, second chapter would be like... Even, even if not doing that, he could still pass it off to somebody he knew and trusted as opposed to ryan johnson who he didn't trust him i don't know that guy <laughs> well i mean that's what i'm saying like i don't know their personal relationship i don't know if the two know each other but it felt like a very weird choice to be like hey here's the story i'm building up here's the clear three-act structure that i have just handed you go ahead do your own thing and ryan johnson's like well my own thing is subverting expectations that's uh -huh. what i'm known for so he took everything that J.J. set up and said, fuck that. I'm wiping the slate clean and blowing people's minds with Luke being evil and shit. Well, not evil, but, you know, just oh, like yeah. he's no longer the epitome of hope that he was supposed to be. Like, it's weird. He's great. But, like, the problem is great Jedi. it really made that whole trilogy. And someday we'll do Star Wars. Maybe next year we'll do Star Wars. But, like, yeah. when we get to Episode Eight, it's very weird because it's just like, he ruined a clear three-act structure, and then J.J. kind of tried to come in and, like, reset it and, like, fix it and meld it together. And I'm just like, don't do not do that. Like, he's already changed how the game is told, or the story is told. Go ahead and just leap off of that with what he's been doing. But then it, it just all feels weird and jumbled and everything. It's because Ryan Johnson just stepped into a project that wasn't his. Right. But when he's doing a project that is his, that's just from his mind hole, beautiful. Yeah. Because he's done Knives Out in, what, 20... What was that? 2017? 2018? Uh, 2019? <laughs> What's 2019? I forget. Yeah, it was 2019. He, he put that out, and I was blown away. I remember, oh, like, we went to see the it movie in theaters. Came out. I thought you were talking yeah. about a movie entitled 2019. I was like, oh, I didn't know. No, was it this no, sequel no, to he, 2012? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's the, it's actually the trilogy for 2001. <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, he, Nice Out came out in 2019, and, and I was just fucking blown away by it because yeah. it was so well told. I yeah. enjoyed it. It's a if funny you're listening, mystery film. Mr. Ryan Johnson, if you're listening, um, fr from here on out, we're going to be appreciating these works that you made instead of oh, complaining yeah. about the ones that you made before. <laughs> I mean, I only complained about two. Brick and Brothers Bloom were brilliant. And Looper, I want to give another shot because I know I know it was fun. I just got mad about the, the, you the time thing. You got stuck in your mind hole. Yeah, I got happened. stuck in the nitpicky. Yeah. And, and, and I will admit that, you know, because uh, I've, I've remember when I, even though I nitpicked it, he does establish his time rules in the film, so it's not it's 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 not his fault that these rules are kept. 
It's yeah. my fault for complaining about the rules. He establishes them. That's it's my fault for being like, no, your rules are wrong. Your rules are I wrong. I have to watch this it. This isn't science. Yeah, I gotta watch it. This is <laughs> this your movie's exactly not like, oh, science. Did you know that? Did you know that? <laughs> oh man, I bet he's had people complain about that already to him. Yeah. And like <clears throat> But that's the thing, is like I will fully admit though that I'm in the wrong with that nitpick. It's just a nitpick. You know, it's like he he established it. I need to go along with it and watch it again with with his rules in mind. But Last Jedi, yeah, I mean, I feel like every complaint's deserved about that one. But I'll save that for the playlist when we get there. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> but with knives out, knives out. Let's just fucking gush because let's do it. So, uh, should we talk about Benoit first? Uh, since he's the combining tra- trail, uh, the combining thread that is. Yeah, so Daniel Craig plays uh, Southern American uh, <laughs> and his private investigator, Benoit Blanc. Quite the character. Yes. Uh, I really Hello. enjoy this character a lot. I do too. Um, yeah. And, and honestly, Daniel Craig's th- Southern accent's pretty good. Yeah. It, yeah, a lot it, of people make fun of it. And I'm just like, a different person I think it works so well. Bit. Yeah. It's definitely a character he's putting on, and I, I, I love it, honestly. There's uh, another movie with Adam Driver where he does uh, a southern accent, too. And it's about, like, Robin Banks in race cars. He's like Daniel Craig's in it, you saying? Yeah, Daniel Craig's in it. He's, like, he's playing, like, a plat- platinum blonde uh, trailer no, park guy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I know what you're talking about, because it's the... That one director, um, I don't know. Logan Lucky. Okay. Was it Logan Lucky? Yeah, yeah that's, that's Logan what it Lucky. Was. Steven yeah. Soderbergh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a fun. That was a I fun didn't film. watch that one actually, but that was the first time where I was like, okay, I guess he can do an American accent. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people complain about it. I know I've read a lot of people who make fun of it and they're like, "This is the shittiest accent I've ever seen." I'm just like, so it's much fun. fun. Yeah. Why yeah. does that matter? <laughs> Like, there's been so many fucking movies that people love where there's awful accents in there. Fake, yeah. awful accents. This is yeah. s- at least somewhat believable. If I didn't know what Daniel Craig actually sounded like, I could buy it. Right. It yeah. really works for his his character, too. Yeah. Because, like, Benoit always seems like he's putting on an air. Like, yeah. he always seems that way. Like, yeah. And it, and it, so, it works well really spoken. well for a detective character because he's just he just <clears throat> walks into a room and he's just it, it just feels like it's a you know he's a presence. Yeah. But he's investigating. Mm-hmm. You know he's he's just he's just leading your mind somewhere else while he's looking for the clues. Right. And I love it. Yeah. It's I all, love it so it's much. It's all distraction and trying to get people to say certain things. Right. Uh, yeah. Like pushing buttons. Like literally when we meet him, he is sitting in the background of a room and every time, uh, uh, Keith Lan- <laughs> uh, Keith Stanfield's character, Lieutenant Elliot asks somebody a question and, and, and they like hesitate or something. He plucks Clearly a key. Lie. Yeah. He plucks yeah. a key on, on, on the piano in the back of the room and they just, Look up, and they're like, "What? What the fuck?" Oh. Um, and that's let's just dive into it. The 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 bare bones of the mystery. We don't get want to give too much away, right, of course. It is a mystery. Yeah, Lakeith Stanfield. He's been called to uh, and, and his partner. What's uh, what's his partner? Uh, I believe. Oh, fuck. Trooper Wagner. 
played by Noah Segan. Yeah, and he's in the next one as well, which is hilarious. He was yeah. the he was the random hippie guy on the island, <laughs> Dwayne oh, or whatever. Oh, was he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really funny. I, was like, I kept ex- I kept expecting it to be Trooper Wagner, but like nothing happened with it. So I was just like, okay, that's great. I love it. Like, <laughs> but no, uh, Lakeith Stanfield is Detective Lieutenant Elliot, and him and Trooper Wagner have been called to uh, the very famous uh, Harlan House, or well, not Harlan. What's her last name? Uh, Harlan. It's uh, Thromby. Drysdale. Harlan Thromby. Thromby. Thank you, Thromby. Yeah. Jesus. Drysdale uh, is Jamie Lee Curtis's yeah, yeah, husband's yeah. name. Yeah. Well, yeah, her we'll name there. as well. <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, uh, they've been called there because Harlan Thromby, the great author, really older guy, played amazingly by the, the beautiful Christopher Plummer. Yeah. Uh, he's dead. And it he looks did. like an apparent suicide, I guess. Yeah. You know, they, they think so. You know, it kind of looks like an, a suicide. Uh, but the whole family was gathered around, and what a family they are! Uh, very eccentric, and uh, rich, snobby. Uh, you know, kind of. They've all been handed a, a really good right. life, they, but they all refuse to believe that too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they all are in denial of their dependence on this money until them. It's yeah. taken away from them. It's so so funny. It's so good. It's um, so good. Yeah. So yeah, you mentioned Jamie Lee Curtis. She's the eldest daughter, Linda. Uh, she's married hilariously to Nash Bridges, Don Johnson, uh, <laughs> playing Richard Drysdale. Uh, I honestly, dude, Don Johnson, if I can say, is like the sexy Ben In- <laughs> Bill Engel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. I could see it. I could see it. I like it. Oh man! I thought it was Bill Engel for a second. I was like, "What is he doing in this movie?" Oh man! No, I, I saw way too much Nash Bridges as a kid, so no, that was I, never seen I, it, I knew so. him immediately. Anyways, uh, they, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson. I'm just gonna start forgetting the characters' names. I'm sorry because the cast is all like A-list people. So yeah, I just immediately think of them. They have this son, Chris Evans, <laughs> <laughs> Ransom. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Hugh Ransom has he, Hugh Ransom drives uh, the, the help has Hugh. to call him Hugh. Yeah, but everybody yeah, else calls him oh, Ransom. He's such so an crazy, ass. man. Yeah, such an asshole. And it's kind of fun. I love watching Chris Evans in a bad, like a bad boy role. Yeah. So it's it's really enjoyable. <laughs> and he's got like the sexiest sweater on throughout the entire movie. Like, love it. So I good. like his whole look. Like obviously yeah. stuff I'd never be able to afford to wear, but I know, right? If only he wasn't an asshole, right? If only he wasn't nice a ransom asshole. <laughs> <laughs> the next, uh, the next kid on the list here, the cast list is Michael Shannon yeah, playing uh, the youngest son. Yeah, yeah. Walt Framby. Sorry, Michael uh, Shannon, you'll forever be General Zod to me. And it's not fair oh, to man. you. <laughs> it's not. He's got so many beautiful roles. And this I is know. one of them. I really love Walt. Oh, Walt is great. Yeah. <laughs> he's such a good character. He, he walks around on a, on, with a cane, even though he's like in his like 50s-ish. Like, you know, the younger son, but they're all in their, their adult years. Because, right. you know, Harlan was a pretty old guy. 85. This is true. Uh, so old that he had a, um, a nurse almost always on by. Mm-hmm. Uh, beautifully played by Ana de Armas, playing That's Marta right. Cabrera. Yeah, and she's great. And this is the introduction yeah. for me for her. I think it was for me too. Yeah, yeah. I, I at least 
where I've noticed her at, at the very least. Like, right. I guess like see if that's true. Oh, she was in Blade Runner. Uh, she was the wife, the the, uh, the AI yeah. wife in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I gotcha. forgot about that. Yeah, I did kind of forget that. Yeah. She, I mean, obviously, she has to win an award for fucking blonde man. Like it's uh, yeah. God, it's so I, it's, it's still really, stuck with me. She's that really good. That's so for sure. And she's really amazing in this too. I love Marta. Uh, her character has a fun trait, which mm-hmm. uh, Benoit really enjoys to exploit. Yeah, which is she can't physically tell a lie. If she if she lies, she vomits. It's yep. just a it's a it's, reaction. Yeah, and and when it first happens in front of Benoit, he was like, "Oh, I thought you, I thought it was just figurative." Oh, <laughs> oh this <laughs> is so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's it's great. He he kind of starts making her into a bit of a detective too because yeah. he really likes having Watson characters. We, right. We're finding out. Yeah, but I thought she was gonna be in the next movie for some reason. Nah, yeah, I know. I was I was really kind of hoping that too, but no. But she does make a fun fun Watson because uh, I will say that she. Mm, it's really hard to say. I mean, it's it like, expectations are subverted very early around this character. I will yes. say. Yeah. Uh, to continue to use that phrase and uh she's she's trying to hide information at the same time because like even though he's taken her on as his watson because mainly she can't lie she's yeah. she'll vomit if she does and that's really fun for him yeah, even though he doesn't admit it you know it's fun for benoit oh, <laughs> like, yeah. he's yeah. just like this makes my job this so is, much easier this is interesting <laughs> Uh, uh, but he he really does like uh, Marta. He really he, he really enjoys her her presence because the family are wacky nut job people, right? But she Marta is like the only real like sane person there, right? Right. She it was very much a friend to Harlan rather than a nurse. Yeah, yeah. and the rest yeah. of the family is like she's part of the family, but they still treat her like. A servant. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, at one point, oh my god, it's like probably the most racist scene, but obviously it's to, it's just to make a point. Like, so she's also, oh god, there's yeah. like a, a running joke through it that she's from several different Latin American countries, but she's supposed yeah. to be Brazilian, I guess, when I looked <laughs> yeah. it at. Uh, but oh my god, uh, yeah. Don Johnson calls her over and he's like, Marta. You, your family's from Paraguay, right? But you did it right. You did it legally. Yeah, and they're like, you know, they're arguing about immigration. Yeah. And then he hands her his cake plate. He just, like, mm-hmm. not even looking at her. He just hands it to her. <laughs> it's yeah. Like, and she takes it. And awful, that's some man. bullshit. <laughs> it's so awful, yeah. I mean, she's just like, this fucking family, man. Like, yeah. She just wants to get out at the same time. Uh, there are other family members still. Uh, the beautiful Tony Collette That's as right. Johnny Thromby. Uh, she's um, oh, I didn't even realize. I, I honestly didn't ever like can catch what her relationship to the family was. But I found on Wikipedia here that she's the widow of Harlan's deceased son Neil. That's right. I never knew that. That's There's right. There's so much to this story that you have to like you you get so much more with every watch. Like right. That's true. That's probably the third time I've watched it. Yeah, I think it is my third time too. And like every single piece of dialogue is like important <laughs> yeah. for both films for this and Glass Onion. Like it's really ridiculous. Like th- this is the kind of stuff I want Ryan Johnson focusing on. Like if if 
like I, I assume the, like my opinion on it was the last Jedi he was just like oh couple millions huh mm. this will fund some really good movies down the line. <laughs> it was, it was the, the one for me one for them kind of thing yeah where you know he was just like he was thinking of this when he saw that and like ah maybe, you know, maybe I hope he's now made the money that he doesn't need to do that again and can just focus on these projects because I, I don't know it's it's fucking brilliant anyways. Joni does have a daughter. That's right. What was it? I was going to say that I feel like she's probably oh. the last, like, really important thrombie to talk yeah. about. Meg. Meg. Yep. Joni's daughter, Meg, played by Catherine Langford, who is kind of like a friend to Ana de Armas yeah. until, like, everything starts going down with, with uh, the family. It's kind of sad, really. What, it is kind of sad, yeah. But she takes it back. Yeah. She does. Uh, yeah, but at the same time, you're like, it's she takes it back, but yeah, I'm yeah. kind of of like the opinion that it's like, yeah, you apologize, but I'm still a bitch. What? <laughs> uh, we should mention Addie Patterson as Fran. She's the housekeeper. Uh, she oh, scores yeah, Meg right. and Marta weed sometimes, or at least in this movie. I think it's just because Harlan's gone. And then also Frank oh. Oz is in it. Yeah, yeah, we gotta mention that. There is there is one more family member I forgot about the uh, the crazy right wing nut job masturbating in the bathroom. Son. Jacob, right? Uh, no. Jacob Fromby, yeah. Is that right? Jaden Martell, yeah, 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 it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> crazy He's jerking man. off to like dead deer or something. Is what? Uh, but that's Don Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the dead deer. I think that was it. <laughs> That's what they kept joking about. It's so weird. Oh. But yeah, that's that's the family. They're crazy. They're eccentric. Harlan, Christopher Plummer is dead. Is it a suicide? That's what they think until Benoit Block comes in and is like, right. nope. Somebody here killed this man. Yeah. Something <laughs> happened. There's a crazy mystery afoot and he's going to solve it. And it's hilarious watching him try to do so. Yep. Everything is like it. it Again, I hate using that subverting expectations all the damn time, but like it really works for a mystery like this because you you think that like, oh, I know this now. You know, right. like he he Ryan Johnson will reveal something and you're just like, Oh, oh, we're getting it out of the way this early. Okay, that's kind of cool. No, it's it's still gonna go on. The mystery is still just unraveling. Mm-hmm. You know, you think you have the answer up front. And you're just wrong. <laughs> you're in for a ride, and it's just like there's so much more to it, and it's it's so much fun to watch happen. I don't know. I'm I'm ready to say that I give it four fucking stars. Yeah, good. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I give yeah. it a face and a half. I do really enjoy this movie. Um, when we were going to watch this for the review, I was like, man, I've seen this movie a couple times. Do I really want to watch it again? And I was kind of dreading it a little bit, but I turned it on oh, no. and I was intending to play Civ with with Sarah at the same time. I never turned on Can't the computer. I was just yeah. drawn into the movie immediately, having a good time, laughing. And I was like, that's why I saw it a second time. That's why I bought the DVD and gave it to my mom, because it's a fucking fun movie. Yeah, it's really fun, it's really man. Good. It's so enjoyable. And uh, before we go on to Glass Onion, allow us to just say that we love you all, patrons. That's right. Uh, uh, well, we love everybody, not just the patrons. No. But we love our patrons just so them. near and dear to us. 
Yeah, it's true. We do kind of like them a lot more. Uh, and if you want to become a patron, you can have on that at patreon.com slash green and faceless and check out our tiers. And then we might love you even more than we already do. That's right. Which is a lot. We love you a lot, but... We do love you, know, you a lot. We have favorite children, and they're our patrons. Yeah. They're, they're <laughs> the real couch potatoes. So come on down and figure it out. They get the high quality cool in their stocking, whereas That's you just right. get the like chalky stuff. Yeah, they got the efficient burn. You know, they, yeah, it's gonna last them all day. You got like five hour coal. That's what you get. Ha ha, bitches. Uh, oh man, <laughs> I mean potatoes, potatoes. Yeah, that kind of, I love you, couch potatoes. Uh, let's take a soda pop break. <laughs> Indeed. I love you. All righty. Uh, so I we're back. We are, yeah. yeah, we're wet at our lips. I, I do want to say I'm really sorry, everybody. I, 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 oh, didn't, yeah. I didn't mean to insult you. Feeling some guilt. For, yeah. for s- sending us your love and your views. Just, just I could see it on his that. faceless face. On my He's faceless very face. I'm very upset. Yeah. There's psionic tears falling down. <laughs> It's really weird how they just rise to the surface and they then just, just fall. <laughs> <laughs> right from the center of the forehead. Yeah, it's, it's just wrong. <laughs> you gotta work on it. There's gotta be an upgrade coming soon or something. <laughs> uh, Alrighty. Let's get in the gla- glass onion here. Um, let's, let's, let's peel away the layers of the glass onion. We got another yeah, rich fuck, guys. so many another layers. Rich yeah, do you think it'll always be a rich person mystery that he comes into? I, like, I'm not sure. Like, it'd be kind of fun. Like, I don't want to just say that this is all Ryan Johnson should do because I don't want that to be the case. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I really do like seeing this, like, original detective franchise being built. It's really exciting. So I wouldn't mind if... Because he has a, a second Netflix special coming. They bought two standalone oh, cool. sequels. So there will be a third one, and I really, I really wouldn't mind if this third one is like the last of the rich guy trilogy. You yeah. know, it's like he, he he solved three rich person family mystery things. Like that'd be fun. I'd be okay with that. And then he moves on to either other projects or to another Benoit Blanc idea. You know, it's it'd be right. fun. But <clears throat> our rich guy here is Miles Braun, played by Edward Norton. Yep. Uh, I didn't look up the cast list beforehand. I didn't watch a trailer on this beforehand, so I was just like Ivar, enjoying yeah. all these famous faces coming my way. <laughs> like, and Edward Norton's was hilarious. Like, it was. So this, uh, the plot of this film actually takes place during the pandemic. That's, that's yeah, that's that right. Yeah. Something very interesting about it. Um, and Benoit Blanc just just to get this out of the way was like bored out of his fucking mind and his friends try to play among us with him and he just can't fucking do it he sucks (laughs) it's like we knew you were the traitor everybody saw you do this i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) i swear it's like (laughs) and he's playing in the bathroom too which is even more funny yeah, um, he just spends he spends Phillip, all of his days in the bathtub. Uh, Hugh Grant's name is Philip, and he may be I think they Benoit Blanc's I, partner. Like, yeah, I, I think they uh, announced that that is yes, okay. like Benoit Blanc is gay. 
Okay, and I'm like, cool. hell yes. <clears throat> well, that makes me love this character even more. Right. <laughs> Apparently, these friends that were trying to cheer up Benoit, Philip had told them that he's been <laughs> in and out of the bath all week. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and he knocks on the That's door at shit. some point. He's like, are you in the bath again? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think one of those friends was... Wasn't it Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Like, I feel like that was one of his yeah, friends. I, yeah, yeah he, they were famous <laughs> people, hilarious. but I... Oh, yes, I think one was Stephen Sondheim. <laughs> That's uh, what I'm reading, yeah, but I don't know. I there's so many different cameos that I can't remember who was all his friends on the... It, it, there's a lot of big cameos in this movie. <laughs> but, yeah, I think two of the friends were Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Stephen Sondheim. That's which hilarious. Is so funny. I think Serena Williams was one of them. No, she's she's later on because okay. it's uh, there's a there's a scene where Benoit and Janelle Mon one of Janelle Monae's character they're in a they're in a room together and they're talking the mystery and on the oh. screen in the background is Serena Williams and then she turns around and she's like you guys are paying a lot for this session are you gonna like do anything or and they just like oh, look at her like right. we thought you were a projection yeah <laughs> like, they were, they're so confused. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, man, right but, yeah serena was like do you guys want to train or or what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i cost quite a lot to be here yeah. you know <laughs> that's it's ridiculous okay. yeah the um daniel craig while he's in the bathtub he gets a box a strange right. mystery box and uh, a lot of other people get this box those mm -hmm. people are friends of miles braun or you know related in some way to miles braun not not actually like familiarly related but just like you I th know, they, they know all him. i think went to the same uh bar together uh, uh, yeah. yeah but i think they were also all there for like graduate school or something and they met yeah. at this bar called the glass onion yeah and and they were all <laughs> brought there by andy brand uh janelle janelle Monet's character who, who, you know, kind of befriended them all and, like, saw potential in all of them, even though, like, she was just, like, you know, not, like, potential, like, I can right. make money off of them. But, like, these are, like, my friends are all talented people whom I could definitely help become something else because she also is very talented at, you know, and she's just smart in general. Yeah. She's a good business person, really. But she brings Miles Braun in there, and Miles Braun is, like, very charismatic. You know, they all kind of like him at first. Uh, and then he just becomes super fucking famous, right? When he takes an idea of Andy Brand's, right? Monet's character, they, they, and it, runs. The with claim it. is is that they came up with it together, and uh, yeah, there's a whole thing with a napkin, and yeah, he wrote writing. this big idea down. Yeah, yeah. it's all part Crazy. of the mystery. And the head scientist of of Miles Braun's new company. Uh, once he, he, you know this this big idea takes off and he becomes a huge billionaire kind of person, uh, is Lionel Toussaint, That's played right. by Leslie Odom Jr. I know I've seen him in a lot of things, but he'll always be Aaron Burr from Hamilton. <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. like that's, I listen to that a lot, so I loved him in that. That was also my first appearance, I think, with knowing Leslie Odom Jr. Sure. from Hamilton. Sure. Since then, you know, he's been in a lot of things, but Kate Hudson. Is oh my in this god, movie. yeah. Uh her name Jesus. is Birdie J. She's some um, like she's either a model or an actor or both. She um, was a she was a model turned 
designer. Like yes. fashion designer. She turned fashion yeah. designer after she got in big trouble. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, she's very politically incorrect. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I think the last one is Dave Batista's Duke Cody. Duke Cody, yeah. And he is, uh, he's trying to be a YouTube influencer, but he's also like deep into this like super masculinity stuff. And it's funny, like he's recording and his mom's like, I made some cookies or something. And he comes (laughs) out there and he yells at her. Yeah, he's like, Mom, we're recording. What the hell? And she smacks him. Jackie Hoffman just smacks him. And that was one of the best parts for me <laughs> yeah it's great i'm enjoying the depth coming from dave bautista like yeah drax is obviously like a very one note comedy right. character it works it's very funny but at the same time it's just like it is very much its own thing i right. am dumb basically mm-hmm. and it's good he, he makes it work then you have his character in blade runner 2049 where it's like you know it's a very small role Mm-hmm. But it's very mature, very grounded, like really good. And then you've got you've got Duke Cody, who is hilarious, intimidating, and like definitely like this crazy like right wing nut right. job. Yeah. Uh, well, sorry, men's rights activist. Yes, he's a um, men's rights. Yes. <laughs> so stupid. He's just ridiculous. Uh, it's like he's it's it. such like, a good character, though. It's it's really surprising. such a dude, bro. I told I told Sarah this when we were watching. It. It's like you know, Dwayne the Rock Johnson was not the first celebrity wrestler to become an actor by far. No. But he's the first one that I feel like he's almost more famous for being an actor than he is for right. his, for his wrestling. Dave Batista is kind of getting there, but damn, I think he could act circles around The Rock. And I, I, I not to say The oh, Rock yeah. is bad. I think he he oh. does a very good job. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep on hiring him. It's just The Rock really. The Rock really only has like two things he can do. You know, he's like sure. macho man action star. Or very like intimidating but nice, gentle individual, yes. like you know, smiley, yeah. like I can do this for you, right? Like Dave Batista, yeah, he's got some, he's got some layers, and I think talent, that's man. because yeah. he is very naturally a softly spoken person, so he just yeah. seems kind of down to earth. Yeah. yeah, he's he's the only thing that makes me excited about M Night Shyamalan's next film, which comes out in January. Oh, really? Okay, like, I, didn't I can't know remember that what it's called. Happening. It's that like combo. Knock at the Door or Knock at the Cabin or something like that. Okay, I don't know. Uh, the The trailer seems like it gives everything away, so I don't recommend looking it up. But I mean, I assume it doesn't. It's M Night. Like, obviously, there'll be a twist for the trailer. But like, it, he's the only thing from the trailer that I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like I, I want to, I want to see you, Dave I Bautista. See I love Dave you, Bautista, in the M Night Shyamalan mix. That sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds very fun. There is one more friend. There's Claire DeBella, uh, who is the governor of Connecticut, now running for the United States Senate, played by Catherine right. Hahn. Catherine Hahn. <laughs> oh my Always god. Always good. Uh, she's definitely <laughs> what more a cast, man. of uh, the. Um, what I want to say, she's she's less of the snooty character that she gets to play very often, and more of right. like the the powerful house mom character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's like it's kind of funny because she's been in a lot of stuff, but like Agatha Harkness from WandaVision, and right. then I was just like, 
that was like I feel like that was where I just like was like oh okay I know this person now and now I've just seen her in a lot of shit. So <laughs> she's like okay everything. you've been in everything. I mean yeah. <laughs> I was like oh okay yeah I she's been around, around for sure. Uh, so uh, there's there are there are other individuals on the island too. Right. Um, we we've mentioned Daryl already. That was the the crazy weird yeah. guy who's just living on the aisle <laughs> again. Island other but... character apparently. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's so funny like i didn't recognize him it was just when i was writing the names and i was like noah segan wait i wrote that on the last page and i was like wait who is he in that movie and i was like oh, trooper daryl oh no did i just spoil oh, not oh, trooper daryl yeah. but trooper whatever yeah, yeah. i thought i had spoiled trooper something for daryl. myself <laughs> yeah trooper daryl <laughs> thankfully i hadn't everything was still was still still crazy and wild to me uh, who else is there? So, there's oh, uh, there's uh, two other characters that I think are important yeah. to mention. There's Jessica Henwick playing Peg. Oh my god! Who is the... she's another one that's been everything since oh, yeah. uh, since I recognize her. Yeah, Iron Fist. And uh, just taken off. <laughs> just taken off. That's for sure. And uh, oh yeah, the last thing was Matrix. I think that I I saw. Like oh her. yeah, that's right. Um, I forgot about that. She um, plays the PR person for Birdie J. And then we also have Whiskey, yeah. played by Madeline Klein, and she is, I believe, Duke's wife. I believe they're married. Girlfriend. They're girlfriend, boyfriend? Okay. But she is yeah, also, just... just to give a little intrigue, having an affair with Edward Norton. So what's <gasps> intriguing about this mystery to Benoit Blanc is that Miles Braun didn't invite him. So, yeah. Somebody else did. Also, Daniel Craig is like, Mr. Braun, you invited all these people over and they all have good reason to kill you. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, why would you do this? And then you're going to make them do a murder mystery party? What is you thinking? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the big thing is uh, Miles Braun is very much uh, a fan of like puzzles and everything. Yeah. So he, he like the whole box that he sent was a big puzzle box and everything, and they had to you know they had to work it out and figure it out, and it led them to the island. But inside was a card that says, "Come to the you know to my dinner where I'm going to be murdered or to solve my murder miss you know you know," and that's what intrigues Benoit because uh, I mean at the beginning that's what intrigues Benoit is you know he hasn't done shit. Pandemic's been going on. He's getting bored yeah. out of his mind. He's Come so happy him. for the opportunity. He yeah, keeps on I get to solve miles, a billionaire's yeah. mystery. This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, and there's so many funny things that happens. <laughs> yeah, there's so there's so much and this one's really hard to talk about because a lot of what is laid out up front is completely different by the time you get to the end because there's right. a lot of easter eggs by in this movie. By the second movie. act, really? Like Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Like, uh, so it does, I will say it does the thing that movies do sometimes where, vantage point, for example, they have yes. the different perspectives. Yeah. That's that's what happens in this film. And right. it's nice. It's It, it really reveals, I guess they did that a little bit in Knives Out. Sometimes, yeah. But this more, it was more pronounced. Like, it just a completely yeah. different angle on the story. And, and normally I would normally I would hate that because normally it bothers me when a mystery deliberately withholds information so I can't solve it. Mm. But here 
it was the exact opposite. I I loved how everything was being unraveled because it was just it again the movie's called glass onion it was yes. like peeling away these layers That's right and it was so enjoyable the metaphor that that benoit puts for the glass onion it, it really is the core of the whole fucking story too yeah because like yeah. i don't want to say it exactly because i also don't remember it exactly <laughs> but he <laughs> yeah it just it just really points to the solution of the of the whole thing and it's right. it's hilarious at the same time. It's like, fabulous. By the time you get to yeah. the end of this mystery, you're just you're laughing. Uh, and it, it's really it's so well told because like things will happen. For instance, there's a moment right before the you know the end of the first act where Benoit is standing over a character and he has a tear coming out of his eye. And yeah. and in that moment, I thought, "Whoa, that's very weird. Why would he be crying at at this moment?" Like I like I was so so thrown off. Uh-huh. And then the next ten minutes are a flashback that explain that. And like yeah. halfway through the flashback, I'm like, "Oh my god! Like so much has been revealed. I understand the tear now. Oh oh man, this is crazy." And then cut forward to like ten more minutes. Where even that emotion was subverted, yeah, you know, because you find out that the tear is completely different, yeah, and I'm just like, oh my <laughs> god, like what is happening with this story? Like, yeah, it's so fucking well uh, done. It is, it, it is very well done. I think closing statements, if if I may, I think we might be there for sure. I think that Knives Out is a little bit more well put together, more well told, right than this one uh but this one was a lot of fun and uh, a, a great diversion which is what benoit blanc was looking for and right. um <laughs> he I just i i, I kind of while i really laughed at the ending and and the, when he solves the murder and stuff i also was a little disappointed disappointed like, yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to feels really too go obvious into that. at times. Yeah, it feels too obvious. But then Janelle Monet has the fucking best moment in the movie. Oh man, for <laughs> real. So good. I love that finale with uh, with so what her good. character does. So uh, fucking good. Janelle Monet really like wowed me in this because oh, yeah. I, like it, it's weird. I I I don't know if I've seen her act like what else she's acted in? I'm not no, I sure, have. but she is very talented as per- her yeah. music is what I know her for, of course. Like oh. I love her music. Hold on a second. Let me quickly dive through her hidden get- figures. Okay, I did okay. see her hidden figures. I remember that now. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But that's that's it. Hidden figures in this, and so far, like I remember loving her in Hidden Figures. Now that I remember that that she was in that, I do remember quite enjoying her performance. But in this. She's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Like, Benoit Blanc is an amazing centerpiece for both of these mysteries. He is way out, outdone by oh, Janelle yeah. Monet here. She really it, killed it. it. Yeah. Where, uh, it's so the, uh, she is, we'll say, the leading lady in this, where mm-hmm. Anna de Armes was in the other. Right. But yeah, she's his Watson for this at yeah, times. Yeah, that's at times. <laughs> And I feel like Anna de Armes and Daniel Craig were, yeah, they kind of felt at the same level. Like both characters felt very important to the plot. I think right. also what's a little bit different about these two movies is that 
Anna definitely feels like the protagonist. Uh, right. Uh, Marta yeah. does, rather, in Knives Out, where Benoit is definitely the protagonist here. Yeah, and it's it's everybody is so enjoyable. I really yeah. enjoy all the acting. I will give it four stars. I agree with Damn. you. The first one is just slightly better than this one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I th- I, I've seen a lot of people, you know, do the hand thing where they, you know, this is where Knives Out is and Glass Onion is right below it. And it's just like both the hands are touching and yeah. it's just like the exact same level. It's just I, slightly below. Yeah, I can agree with that almost. Yeah. I'm really excited for where this this whole franchise is going. Yeah. There's there's other big cameos that have that have, were in there. Like we already mentioned Hugh Grant as Benoit's right. domestic partner. There's also Ethan Hunt. When they get to the yeah. island, Ethan Hunt comes out and shoots a spray into everybody's mouth. Oh, wasn't that Ethan <laughs> like, Hawk? Ethan Hawk. Sorry, yeah. yeah, Ethan Hawk. It was so funny. Because it was I hilarious. Just, I was like, "Why is I he thought here?" He was gonna be in the rest of the yeah, movie. Yeah, I thought maybe he was gonna be like the secret killer or something like that. Yeah, he's just gone. He's just gone. <laughs> He just shoots a spray in everyone's mouth and walks away. It, cure, it cures like, them and protects the them from COVID. COVID. Yeah, yeah. 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 Billionaires, man. They got all the cool shit. Uh, no, I, I really enjoy everything. Definitely check them both out. Uh, Glass Onions on Netflix. Knives Out. You'll have to find it. Yeah. It's somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I had to rent it. Or just buy it. It's just buy it's it. worth buying it. I'll say that. If I didn't say I, I give... Uh, a big old full face to Glass Onion. Uh, if I watch it again, it might rise up to a face and a half, but I'm going to reserve right. it for that second watch because I... It's getting one. It's getting one, that's for sure. So, Knives Out wins, but it's a close call. You go decide for yourself. Is that our show? That has been the show. I... Have... Wait, no. I... <laughs> I don't remember how I did it. I am the I... Green Traveler from Gorsh. <laughs> And I am the Faceless Leon. Safe travels and good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.